Welcome back to the Lancaster School District podcast, School Buzz. I'm Rebecca Cooksey, I'm your host. The purpose is to discuss relevant topics with individuals who work with the district or parents or students or even community members. The ideas and opinions expressed are their own, not the official approved district message. This is just a platform for the exchange of ideas and information. So our topic today is child nutrition, and I have two guests with us, uh, Belinda Ross and Deadly Candelaria. Uh, I know that we feed 15,000 kids, actually over 15,000 kids in our district, with lunch and breakfast at no cost to our families this year, which is a great, great program and a nice advantage for our kids. But give me a little bit of information about yourself and how you started with the district. So go ahead, Belinda. Good morning, Becca. Um, I started in the Palmdale School District, actually, in 1997, um, just as a three-hour kitchen worker. And I worked my way up to kitchen manager there in the Palmdale School District. And in 2005, I came over to the Lancaster School District. And I was the manager at Parkview for three years. And then I um, entered into administration and I was the supervisor position for nearly eight years. And um, now I'm the director and this is my fourth year. Great. Debbie? Hi, um, I'm Debbie Candelaria, and I also started out as a kitchen worker, a two-hour um, worker in 2004 with our school district, and um, I became a CN3 in 2006, and that same year I also became a manager, and then I managed um, at different sites within our district, and then um, now I'm in the district office, and I am the supervisor. Great. Thank you, ladies. Um, can you give me some details about the school lunch program and how it started and how it's changed? Sure. Well, the program started in 1946 because after World War II, um, it was determined that the young men that were in the service were malnourished and too thin. And so the government thought that they would um, institute a meal program so that all students actually benefit nutritionally, basically. Yes. Um, so have we noticed that um, when we get kids in like, like kindergarten age or, you know, even in our preschool, that kids are coming in malnourished or our kids basically come in with a good nutrition um, schedule already and we're just adding on to it? Well, by the looks of the students, I wouldn't say that they look malnourished, but when you speak to them or you talk to their families, we do find that um, there is a lot of food insecurity amongst our students. And so we are so glad that this year we're able to feed all of our students for free. Great. And what do you mean by food insecurity? What does that mean? It means that a lot of our families, um, they don't know where their next meal is coming from. And, um, you know, we're used to, we have three square meals a day. We have all the snacks we want, all the food we want, but that's not how all families are. Right. Thank you for that explanation. Now, how, when we first started food, uh, school lunch, I remember as a kid being able to get school lunch and having, you know, a little tray and um, going up to the counter. How has it changed over the years that you've been in this profession? Well, that part hasn't changed. That still is how it works. Um, although um, in 2010, the Healthy Hungry Kids Act came into play. And so now things are very highly regulated. Um, everything from the... Um, the calories, the amount of sodium, uh, the amount of fat, the, um, the, the types of vegetables we have to serve, what the students have to take to be a reimbursable meal. 
um, it's very highly regulated now, more so than when we were kids. I remember there was a president, I can't remember what president was, that said that ketchup was a, a vegetable. Do you remember that at all, with that controversy with lunch? <laughs> <laughs> Although ketchup is a condiment, and we do not consider that a vegetable, um, you can count the sauce on pizza as a vegetable, as long as there's an eighth of a cup. Okay. There are very strict regulations on like how much fruits or how much vegetables or meat or bread. Um, in our world, a reimbursable meal is made up of um, components. There's meats, grains, fruits, vegetable, and milk. Um, to be a reimbursable meal, all students have to take at least three of those components, and one has to be a fruit or vegetable. And that's new with the Healthy Hungry Kids Act. Um, prior to that, they could take any three that they wanted. Now, at least one of the components on their tray must be half cup fruit or vegetable. Okay. And have we seen kids more apt to take fruits and vegetables? Because I know when I was a school principal, they would take it. And then lots of times, some, if it's real like apples and oranges away, they just weren't eating them a lot of times. And that, uh, unfortunately, that's still how it is. We have to, they have to take it. It's mm -hmm. regulated that they take it. But um, just because we make them take it doesn't mean we have to make them eat it or can make them eat it. Right, yeah. So, yes, unfortunately, it ends up in the trash. Debbie, can you tell us anything about how lunch has changed over the years? Um, I think um, she said a lot of it was with um, just all of the strict regulations that we have to um, follow and the whole grains that we have to serve. Um, vendors have even had to reformulate a lot of their food to meet, meet the specifications that the government, you know, has put on us to, to serve. Does, do those food regulations have to do with like the food pyramid with, you know, um, grain and fruit on the bottom going up to like fats on the top being very little? still look like that same food pyramid that we've always had, or I remember? I'm not sure that they base it on a food on a pyramid. They have their own kinds of meats. We have to have the, the whole grains, at least before it was all grains had to be whole grain. And just this year, they relaxed that a little bit. And so now only half of the grains we serve have to be whole. So we can go back to serving white rice instead of brown rice. We can go back to having flour tortillas instead of... Um, Corn tortillas. I don't know that we'll do that, but um, they relaxed the regulations just a little bit this year. And also, um, there were sodium targets that were supposed to meet, and they re relaxed that a little bit as well. The targets that they were trying to, to achieve were there would have been no flavor in the food. Oh, okay. So that was the reason for the change that yes. kids were going, nope, Do I don't like that. Yeah. Well, then the whole point of you know, having a child nutrition program is that children eat. Yeah. So if they're not going to eat the food that we're giving them, that's, that's not good. Exactly. And that was a federal change? Yes. Okay. Is the lunch program regulated by the federal government or California? By the federal government. So if I went to Missouri, I would have the same regulations for lunch as I do in California? Yes. Cool. Okay. So how do you decide the menu for the year? Because I know you kind of do the menu for an entire year, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. We have what we call a four-week menu cycle. So we menu the, the same things every four weeks, basically. Um, the It's basically the same. So like you could have pizza, but they might I might offer different choices of pizza, you know, during the four weeks. Um, we participate, because we participate in the National School Lunch Program and the different programs, the summer feeding option and those kind of things, um, we're giving commodity dollars to spend as a way to offset our costs. And we belong to a co-op called Pinko, 
and there's 38 other um, school districts that belong there. And we all get together and we decide um, how we're going to spend our commodity dollars, like how many truckloads of beef are we going to get and how many truckloads of pork and how many truckloads of chicken and fruits and vegetables and that kind of thing. And so then when we decide how many truckloads of everything, it's pretty much to divide it up between the districts, depending on your participation, um, your school participation meals. Mm -hmm. And so you get a percentage of that. And then it's our responsibility to use our commodity product that we get. And so a lot of our menu is commodity driven. We need to be responsible with our money and how we spend that. Right. Um, but with those options, we try and focus on the items that the kids want to eat. Maybe pork's not their favorite, um, so we kind of would, but we still have to use it. So we'll try and maybe use the pork items that the kids like um, more than the ones that they don't like, that kind of a thing. So uh, the co-op gives us the opportunity to like buy bigger buying power? Yes. Is that what it says? Mm -hmm. Are most districts in a co-op? No, I would say no. Oh, okay. All the districts here in our valley, we all belong to Kinko. Okay. Sounds like a, a smart way to buy. Yeah, right. Buy food, you buy, get it at a discount, and then you. Exactly. What is one of the biggest challenges in your department? Um, the changing regulations mm -hmm. is a big challenge. Um, they rearthrise, like I said, every five years, but there could be small changes in between and keeping up with all the regulations. Um, menu fatigue is a problem. You know, we want the students to eat, so we want to give them what they want. Um, but with our four-week cycle menu, they might get a little tired of it. So we do try. And so like Debbie said, if it's pizza day, we have like three, four, five different pizzas we could eat. Um, and we try and change the menu as much as we can. Um, this year, we're going to meet with the uh, next year. We're going to meet with ASB at the middle schools and get their um, kids' ideas on menu items. And so we can get more of a buy-in because participation at middle school isn't where we like it to be. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to do that. We've um, done a lot of taste testing this year with the students and um, we're gonna try and implement some of those menu ideas next year and um, try and keep the students happy. I love that you're letting the kids have a voice in what they wanna have for lunch. I didn't know that we did that. And I think that's a really cool option, especially for our older kids, to be able to be part of that. Yeah, taste testing is so fun mm -hmm. to go out and yeah. um, be able to get their opinions of what they like and what they don't like. And, um, you know, a lot of it is um, they eat with their eyes, too. And so how is something packaged mm -hmm. compared to how, you know, if it's just in a plain wrapper, it could even be the same product. And, you know, we've done that before of, um, of the different um, packaging and seeing how they react to packaging, trying to see if they'll take their vegetables better in a different container than what we serve. So um, it's kind of interesting because they're used to seeing um, things packaged a certain way, you know, out in um, a deli or wherever they go and eat. And um, so we're trying to implement some of that so that it's what we serve looks like maybe what they see, you know, every day. I know that there's vendors that come in and you guys go to a food show sometimes. Mm -hmm. Do you take kids with you to that? We haven't yet, mm -hmm. but we do plan on taking students. I think that's
great way to get our kids involved in, in what they're eating. I would just met, like to make a plug for more turkey and gravy on the menu. That was, <laughs> that was my favorite meal when I was a teacher and as a principal. Every day it was turkey. I was like, yes, I love turkey. Orange chicken. Orange chicken. They like Okay, well, I, I like the turkey and gravy. <laughs> so what do you envision in the future for um, child nutrition as we move forward? Well, we're hoping to get a new freezer this mm -hmm. um, coming year, and with that, we can grow our program. And so I plan on going into the supper program next year. We uh, have partnered with the city. We just started this month at, just at El Dorado right now, but hopefully we're going to grow this program. It's the Lunchbox program. So we have a share table on the site, and what the students don't want to eat, they put on the share table, and then that is gathered. Um, and they are sending backpacks home with, right now it's only 11 students, um, but they're sending backpacks home um, over the weekend with those students filled with food so that they will have food over the weekend. And so we're hoping to grow that program. This year we did a farmer's market with three schools and next year I plan on um, doing that as well. Explain the farmer's market to me because I didn't know about that. So the, um, there is a packer distributor named Lauren Worth up in Fresno, and he has a program where he comes down to any school district and he brings fruits and vegetables and he sets it up and um, he gives a lesson to the students about um, how it's grown, make sure he tells them 25 times that they must wash this before they <laughs> eat it. And then he gives them, passes out bags. He gives, he made little money that the, that the older students got and they were able to purchase fruits and vegetables. So the fruits and vegetables were set up on the tables and the students just went one by one looking at everything and seeing what they wanted to buy and they spent their $2 and um, went home and had fruits and vegetables. That's wonderful. So are they trying things that normally they wouldn't try, like kind of different kind of vegetables? Um, well, this year he had, um, I guess it's still limited this time of the season. Mm -hmm. So, but he did have blood oranges and Kara Kara oranges that the students hadn't had before. Right. And they took those, but it was a lot of the things that they, we already do serve, uh -huh. but it was the, the fun of them, you know, purchasing it. He had them try and figure out the math and how they were going to spend their, their money on oh. what they got. And, um, the kids loved it. The teachers loved it. The administration at the sites loved it. And yeah. it was a big hit. So we'll continue that next year. That sounds like a great idea. I didn't see all these. That's why I like to do podcasts. I find out all these cool things that are going on that I have no idea about. Like, and you guys are in the bungalow right next to me. Right. <laughs> see every day. I, know that. <laughs> um, I know that um, breakfast and lunch being served for all students free this year without having to, you know, fill out a form or anything is, mm -hmm. is new for us this year. Yes. And do you see that continuing for us? Uh, we qualify for four years, mm -hmm. and so after the end of four years, then we'll have to see where we are as a district, how we qualify. If we can continue this program, I surely will do that because what a benefit that our families, they don't, one thing, they don't have to worry about filling out the application, right. and then, yes, everything is free, and so... Um, We've seen a we've seen a good jump in our participation. I would love that all students ate, right. you know, all meals. But you know, it, it, we aren't there yet. But um, hopefully, in the future, you know, as it, you would think that you have given them enough information that they know that everything is free. But um, maybe they still don't know. And uh, hopefully, we can capture more students next year. 
Have you seen your lines go faster since you don't have? Do you have to like write down the student no, number still, still or have to put their pin? Okay, they do. Okay. So the lines still, unfortunately, that is a challenge. You just scan the kids. Let's say why. Fingerprint reader or something like that. Important information like allergies and that kind of thing come up on our computers right. too. So, so we, we have to have that information. I didn't so think about that. They do mm -hmm. need to come through the line to so that we know. So what do we do for kids that have certain allergies? We have um, the managers order food um, accordingly, so they know who their students are and what they what they can have and what they can't have. And we've um, recently expanded some of our um, items options. that we carry, yeah, some of the options. We've gotten um, gluten-free bread um, so that they can have bread and gluten-free buns and that kind of a thing. And just trying to expand it so that we have more options for students without that have limitations. Some kids can't have soy, and so we have product that doesn't have soy. And so it would be the manager's responsibility to make them a separate meal every day that, that they could have. And that's great because I bet parents don't know that, that they would do that for them. Um, and when we fill out those forms at the beginning of the year on health, every time you register, you have to fill out your health information, that we take that information, we use it, you know, to make sure that your kids are safe. So mm -hmm. that's great. Right. Anything else, ladies, you want to tell me about? I'd like to give a plug for our website. Yes. Uh, it has a lot of uh, nutrition and fitness information. It has sections in it for teachers where they can print off worksheets for students so that they can, you know, have some more nutrition education in the classroom. And our menus are on there, and any important information in our department is on there. So if parents would go, they can get it to our website through the district website, um, or they can go to LancasterChildNutrition.com. And if they wanted to participate in that farmer's market, could they contact you about that, the teachers, or you just, you're picking no, them up? No, we're picking <laughs> them have to, I have to get um, permission from CDE to spend our funds. And so that will be like a yearly thing. We'll have to ask for permission and then I'll pick this, the sites that um, we'll go to different sites every year. Okay, so don't email Belinda. Don't email. <laughs> we'll get to you. <laughs> well, that sounds good. Well, I wanted to give a community shout out for uh, Bart's Altadona. They're, they partnership with us and provide immunization clinics. That's such a great need in our area. We want everybody to be immunized. It's not really a choice if you come to public school, but for people that can't afford it, they do it for free for us, so that's uh, a wonderful service. So where can you find our podcast? You can finally get it on iTunes. I finally figured it out. So we're on iTunes, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Stitcher, and we're in Tuned In. So, and maybe I'll figure out iHeartRadio one day, but we're getting out there. Um, and this podcast is not just for school district employees, so we can send it out to parents, we can send it out to kids, anybody in the community can listen to it. My mother listens to it, and she tells me, Stop saying you guys. <laughs> Don't say that anymore. <laughs> so um, hopefully you can send out to some of your friends and they can give us a listen. But thank you very much for coming in today, ladies. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.